Outstretch out. Oh god, it's in the danger zone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Ooh, sorry. no, sorry. We're sorry, we're laughing. It's just that was bad timing. So, uh, hello everyone, and welcome to the BIHE Pod um, Nationals Edition. Nick and I on very limited sleep. Uh, Nick, how are you holding up? Uh, matchsticks in the eyes? Yeah, uh, I'd put some super glue in there as well, so that could be a problem later on, but we'll. We'll we'll deal with that later on. That's that's not for now. <laughs> um, so we're just uh, we're just going to go through the power rankings with you. A uh, quick shout out to the the all stars. They will be updated on the website. Um, uh, tier four all stars. We can now add the UCL players we were talking about on the live stream in uh, Ole and uh, Salzman. So um, we'll get that done and we'll put it online. Um, but let's uh, let's move on to. Uh, to what we what we are really recording this pod for, like the uh, tier three and tier two all stars. So um, I've got them on screen. So don't worry if you've not, Nick. Um, coming in at number twelve because there's twelve teams in tier uh, three. We have the uh, the Cardiff Breadhawks. Uh, <laughs> now you've got a sinister laugh, laugh there, Nick. Is that anything to do with the rumor mill? Yep, the rumour mill has been churning, and we've we've heard it from the man himself, but I'll believe it when I see it. Yes, the rumour mill is that Dave Rogers... Our Dave. Our Dave, the legend, the myth, uh, is uh, going to be taking the pipes for the Breadhawks in Nationals, which could give us some hilarity. Uh, (laughs) So... uh, I, I think they probably merit that 12th position based on that that alone and the fact. Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't care if they've got some NHLers coming in for this weekend. Having David Net ranks them 12. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Dave. <laughs> and then uh, we're setting yeah we're setting expectations very low, Dave, so that you can only overachieve. Yeah, yeah. Um, next to the next number eleven, the Bears D. Now maybe I'll learn a lesson about the, the Bears organisation, but the Bears D have been in hibernation all year. Really, uh, they've not been great, but they could be inspired by that E team performance, Nick. Uh, what do you think of their E team over the weekend? Uh, I thought they were impressive. Um, probably, maybe some of their E team looked better than some of their D team, so maybe either there's been a, a shift in obviously the. The power and they've they've got a lot better. Or I don't know, but Sheffield were always a tricky team. Like the Nationals must be a totally different kettle of fish for being a Sheffield player, being at home and everything like that. And they always seem to be there thereabouts, like pestering around, like success. So whilst they ranked eleven, like I don't think anyone would be concerned or worried if they were hanging around that kind of like that tricky three four uh, two three four spot. In in the mix for a semi final, yeah, yeah. 
And then uh, Leeds Griffins. Um, I think this was your line. There are many ways to skin a griffin. Uh, <laughs> is what we put. Uh, they struggled with the jump and cup, and they could find Tier 3 too much to handle uh, this season, I think, because they, they really looked to have struggled in the, in the cup competition. Yeah, I would I would go on that and say the two the two games that I coached against them this year, it was the sort of game that you, you knew over 60 minutes you were probably going to come out on the right side of it, if you know what I mean, in terms of you knew that you'd, you'd probably win, win, win through, but... In a in a shortened format game, again, I think Leeds could be a de- dangerous team. They got a couple of decent players. I think they're a different proposition on a bigger ice rink. Put it that way. Um, I'll be interested to see how they adjust. But unfortunately for Leeds, I do think they have perhaps struggled in this step up in constant quality. Put it that way. Yeah, and then moving on, the Birmingham Lions be the, the other two teams. I didn't manage to make the semis, and unfortunately for the Lions, B, it's not been a great season for them either. So, uh, um, I don't think, I think we'll maybe follow suit with the Lions, B, not making a semi as well. But what's your thoughts on the Lions' efforts? Always a big crowd, anyway, for them. Yeah, they've always got a big following, and a lot of people watching it on the live stream as well. I'm sure, again, they'll be, they'll give it a big effort, but. I just always get this feeling, and I don't know if you agree, Rambo, that the Lions just seem to just be inept at scoring goals to some extent. Like, they always seem to be sound defensively and good at the back. Um, just can't seem to put the puck in the net. And obviously, it's what you need to win games. Like, I might be completely utterly wrong, and hopefully Birmingham do prove me wrong this weekend. But especially, especially below their A team, potentially, they seem to struggle putting the puck in the net. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um... Especially in the the way you see the celebrate goals, it's uh, the celebrate goals almost the same as other teams celebrate, you know, winning. So um, they seem to struggle for that, and uh, they need to put the puck in the net to, you know, to, to win games, as you said. Um, next up, uh, we've got the Mavericks C, and uh, and my comment on this one is Mel Gibson would have refused to play these Mavericks, as <laughs> uh, not played the part of any of these Mavericks. Uh, they've they've not had a particularly good season. They finished third out of five. Um, based on the results, I can see anyway. One positive for them is that they've got a, po- a positive goal difference despite their losing record. So they obviously have the ability to rack up scores, but that must mean that you know they're still not winning the games, the close games. So. We, we played them twice and had two fairly close games, one of them being a draw at Whitley Bay and the other one being a win down in Nottingham, but both with me in net, so I'm, I'm not going to read too much into that. Um, but, again, they're a dangerous team on the, on the day, and you wouldn't be surprised if, if, if the Mavs do go something like they might have a 1-4 and four or a 2-3 and three record or equally could have a 3-2, and two. you wouldn't be surprised if... Two, if two of those wins or one of those wins was against a big team, that I, I think they've got the quality potentially to shut someone out for, um, to shut someone out. As per we saw with Rory the Butcher, like they, I think they're a team with that kind of level of performance in them. Whether or not we see it, and I don't think we'll see it over five group games, we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, and certainly, <clears throat> um, Metro's B uh, are ranked seven. Uh, they choked this season when it mattered most. Um, actually lost to Leeds uh, when they, had, they were in a real tussle with you guys and, and basically handed you guys the uh, the cup title in the early morning uh, playoff game. 
Um, you, you, you've obviously, your team's had some experience playing them, Nick. Uh, what, what have you got to say about the Metro's B? It's a massively, it's a Jekyll and Hyde. If the Metro's B turn up with a full squad and a, and a, and a full outfit this weekend, they could go all the way. Seriously, they are that good. However, if they don't, they could equally be fourth in their group. Like, it, it's a strange one in terms of, I couldn't believe, and as to be fair, they proved me right because I said to my guys that I coach in this in this division, I said to them, this isn't over in terms of uh, we we lost to Manchester uh, and then we beat Manchester, so we were all even Stevens, and then we drew the game against Nottingham and obviously took it out of our own hands. I, I said to them, there'll they'll, they'll be a banana skin in there, and they managed to find a way to lose to Leeds, which... It wasn't even a close game. It's it's one of those things. Which Manchester's team turns up will definitely depend on how they perform this weekend. They've got the talent to beat anyone. Yeah, and uh, at number six, um, we have the uh, London Dragons. Be their fifty percent team that is stuck in the middle of the pack. Now their C team have some impressive speed, I and mean, some of the guys playing on that C team, you have to think the B team must be something fairly special. Uh, I mean, would you agree with that, Nick? Yeah, you definitely look at that and say the guys that um, obviously are playing on uh, exactly as you said. There must be people obviously better than what you've got in that C team there, and that's dangerous. Like you, you look back and you look at um, as example the the two chans on that London C team. If they're not getting picked for the B team, who is? So. Yeah, and. Uh, um, you know, I think London, that London team could easily challenge. You just never know with London, and they all seem to find extra gears at Nationals. So, uh, uh, you know. Um, ne- next, uh, number five, the Bradford Sabres. Will the, the jump hurt them? They're coming up essentially a. Essentially, they're a tier four team in the cup season, um, or checking two, uh, non-checking two, um, but have to some have some momentum. They're coming in with hundred. Plus a hundred and twenty-one goal difference, um, so I reckon the Sabers are coming back out of extinction. Uh, what do you reckon about the Sabers? Nick, uh, you maybe see them play your C team. Having having seen them play and obviously seen some of their scores, they obviously know where the back of the net is. The question is, and have they been challenged enough this season that they'll go into these games and play against some of these better teams and think, oh, this. We haven't had to fight like this all year and, and struggle against it, or will they embrace it and see it as, oh, finally something that we can get our teeth into? So it could go either way. We'll see. I've, I've been on both ends of that before in terms of being on a team like that that's come up and you see it as a challenge and you rise to it, and teams that you've never had to find that gear all year. And as you know, it's not hard. It's hard to turn it on and off. So, but for Bradford though, and the same with the next team we're going to talk about. It's going to be an interesting challenge for them, and I think the rankings that we've given them here are, are probably quite accurate in terms of they they do have the potential to to be challenging some of these uh, some of the bigger, well, more established names in tier three. Yeah, so number four is uh, the Oxford Vikings, and they're like the Sabers. They're coming into tier three off the back of a dominant Div two non-checking season. <clears throat> As we've said in the, the comment, the Vikings may have long votes, but they won't have long odds. Uh, in at number four, I mean, we said, and the Vikings have said, when they entered the non-checking tournament, that they really, they're starting at the bottom, and their goal is to get as high as they can. They're essentially achieved that by 
booking a place into Division 1 non-checking next year. Um, but I think they've got the goods to really challenge for the title in, in, in Tier 3. Um, we know a bit about the, the Vikings, obviously, Nick. What, what, what do you think about their their odds? Put it put it this way. This is the... Having been doing some a bit of thinking after this weekend and in the journey back yesterday and beginning to turn attention to the next weekend and obviously coaching the our bees that we'll talk about shortly, Oxford's in our group and I'm trying to get a picture in my head of how, how this is going to work out in terms of what teams we're going to have to try and pick points off. And, and, and Oxford are a, a massive banana skin, I think, for everyone in there that they can, they're such a dangerous team and are surely going to be riding a lot of momentum and and confidence, which, as you know, at Nationals, momentum and confidence are the two biggest things, along with probably solid goaltending. So, again, they're going to be a massive challenge. And to be honest, I was a little bit gutted to some extent that they were in our group because it adds an extra headache. Yeah. And then number three, uh, the Kent Knights. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs this year, but they're always a strong outfit. Um, and uh, I've added this for extra kicks. Uh, speaking about this, Fitz, will they have matched uniforms this year? Well, their B team certainly did. Uh, yes, they did. And just before we go any further, I'll give a massive shout out to our man Rory the Butcher because he's maybe not the most experienced goalie, but a guy that seemed very passionate about. In terms of a Nationals debut, wow. That first game will live in infamy of how an absolute rookie came in and stole the show. It certainly will. Um, Ken Knights have always been good at this this division. They're always there or thereabouts in the cup. Uh, I think are they not in your group as well? Again, they, I, it is the group of death, I believe. The 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 second group in in tier three in terms of I know that the Kings, the Knights, the Vikings. Then you get down to likes of the Mavericks and Leeds, and obviously Dave. Um, but you could definitely see five out of those six teams could easily, and, and I apologise to Cardiff, like, I apologise for some of the B-teamers that were writing them off. However, for obvious reasons, um, you would look at any of those other five teams and they, they, within reason, could make it up there. And Kent, I know the biggest thing for us is I'm glad we're playing them first because, actually, this is a massive psychological hurdle. We haven't beaten them in the last couple of years. They've kind of been our nemesis. We came up against them in the Tier 4 playoff final and uh, and lost to them. Uh, I'm pretty sure we lost a Nationals final to them as well at some point. We lost another playoff final to them last year and we lost in the semi-final at Nationals. I'm, I'm thinking secretly, and not to reveal the game plan, but I'm thinking mentally if we can beat them in that first game, it's about going back to what I said before, momentum and kind of feel-good feeling. That could set us up equally. It could set us right back to 2018. <laughs> so, and then uh, Kingsby, um, obviously, the same with pedigree for making the finals at this level. Uh, same with talent, depth, and uh, they're definitely a favourite to make the final. I know they're in the group of death. Obviously, they've got to get past that first. But the team, I think, are you coaching? I believe. Yes. And uh, a team that um, you you played goals with as well. Uh, this year, along with uh, along with Adam Perry, is that correct? It is indeed. Um, so I mean, it must be a subject you're quite proud of because they again, once again, they've been pretty consistent. They're making the top of of Division One non-checking. Um, so talk us through uh, the Kings, the Kings roster. 
The the biggest thing for me is that I kind of graduated with a lot of the C teamers up into this B team. That was the thought behind me kind of continuing to coach them. And I know one of the biggest one of the biggest slants I had on last year's B team was it all centered around one guy, and I don't think that guy really needs mentioning, does he? In terms of the reliance on carrying the team and carrying the offense. And the biggest thing that I wanted to do this year was to take that from a one-man band and really turn it into a committee and turn it into a three-line team that was capable of scoring goals, capable of winning games, especially if that person's not going to be there at some point. And we've done that this year, and I've been proud of them in terms of we've come for adversity, we've won games, we've lost games, and we we went into Nationals last year 10-0, and and we'd never played a game, and we'd never been challenged. And this year, yeah, we might not be 10-0, and but... I feel we're a stronger team and we're a stronger collective unit up and down the lines. Yet we're missing a couple of players, a couple of impact players, but still that's the good thing when you've built a solid team. Like we might be missing a couple of pieces, but you could have swapped them out for any of the other pieces that we were missing in terms of we're not losing key players and sitting here crying about it. We're, We're losing key players and we've got talent that can still back that up. So I think the comment about, that you made about depth is the best thing that I can say and the proudest thing I can say about this team. Okay, and then without uh, tooting your, your own trumpet too much longer, we'll move on to number one. Um, and you're quite right to do that, Nick. I'm, I'm, I'm just jesting with you, but um, <laughs> number one, uh, I think this it's not surprising who number one is in this, this yep. division. Um, ridiculous goal difference. Um, as we said, surprisingly, they've dominated non-checking ranks with largely the same team that dominated Taylor's and two checking last year. Um, with players in the top 10 of points, um, Orlando Beckett, number one overall, 42 points. Zora Gobblet, 30 points, number two. And uh, number three, Matthew Baker, 26 points. Um, next, Number seven, Pavels Mavics Manko, 23 points. And number nine, Alexander Attack. So that's one, two, three, four, five players out of ten in the top ten, uh, obviously. I, I really, with a grace of respect to your Kings, you know, you're. Oh, but yeah. I, I really can't look past Southampton winning this. this. No, I, I think if it was possible, Southampton would be ranked. 1 to 10 in the power rankings and, and we would start at 11 because I've said to our guys and I, I've got realistic expectations. We're, there is no way on earth that um, it, it will be, I've been describing like this to our guys, put it this way, this will be like miracle in terms of I've said that we'll have to have great goaltending, some good luck and a great performance to beat Southampton. And that was I was talking about them about the playoff final in terms of a 60-minute game. That becomes a lot harder. But even at Nationals, like in the shortened format, yet yeah, that the odds swing a little bit more and make it more realistic that you can pull a Rory the Butcher in, for instance. But it's it's a, it's a monumental challenge. I don't think we've seen such a clear favourite for a title in, in, in such a long time. It should be, um, quite frankly, a, a little bit ridiculous to some extent. If, if Southampton don't win, someone will have had to go basically through them, which... I'll congratulate whoever that is because that they'll have done a hell of a job. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that concludes the uh, the power rankings for tier tier three. Those will be on the site. Um, they will click and one to the site for us uh, when he releases the podcast. 
Um, just quickly, Nick, I know that you don't have too long a podcast with the, 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 the type of weekend we've had and the fact that I sound like I'm about to um, be choked to death. Um, but just quickly, this weekend is not not just um, about the actual nationals as well. There's three playoff games this weekend. Yes. And starting with the Division uh, 3 Cup playoff game. First time we've had one of those because uh, of the uh, in non-checking. Um, because we've first time we've had a non-checking uh, North in a long time. Um, and that's uh, Nottingham Mavericks D against Coventry Panthers B. Uh, now, Nick, just a quick preview of that. I'm quite looking forward to that game. That's like, going to be on the Saturday. Uh, both these teams played actually in Tier 4. They got bumped up based on their ranking and the fact that they really played. Uh, but they were both in the same group. And it was the man, the Mavericks It's obviously finished better off in that group. With, uh, sorry, the Panthers that finished better off with, with three wins and one loss as opposed to the Mavericks D um, who had just the two draws. So... I would say that probably the Panthers B are the favourites, and certainly there's a couple of players that we've talked about in our power rankings. Um, sorry, in our all-star team. Uh, so what, what do you think? Are you looking forward to that game? Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm interested to see what what that game's going to turn into over a 60-minute stop clock game, because I think you can, you can change your approach a little bit. I think Nottingham might have to be a little bit more kind of defensively sure, maybe a little bit happy-go-lucky, kind of try and hit them on the break and take a, be opportunistic as much as anything else. I think you can't do that at Nationals to some extent. Well, you can, but it's a dangerous game in terms of you might only get one chance, you might have to take it. But I think... I wouldn't write off the maps, you know. I think whilst Coventry did look like a good outfit, and I think they are do start the favourite... How many times have we been into these situations and written off the maps and and regretted it? So my my shoes are currently off, but um, they're not too far away. Put it that way. And on the uh, the 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 Sunday before we talk about the midday game, the, the sort of middle of the day game in the Sunday at night time, um, Bradford uh, Sabers uh, will take on the Oxford Vikings. That's the Division Two non-checking final. Now, both those teams playing tier three because they got bumped up based on ice availability and stuff. So they'll be have a bit of a rest and then they'll play the full game um, for the playoff final, which that's going to create an interesting challenge for them. Nick, it's going to be about who can stay sharp. Yeah, that's going to be a hell of a challenge in terms of, especially if those two are competing in in tier three and going to be there or thereabouts. How much? How much do you value the playoff game? How much do you value nationals? It's it's going to be about how you're doing. Is it a case that you might see, for instance, uh, a Bradford team that might not have done so well during their group in Tier 3 or something like that, and then maybe tailors it off a little bit and saves a little bit of extra gas for the for the playoffs in terms of are they going to have some extra players coming up from uh, from the team below that aren't in this nationals team? That could be the case. That makes a big difference. Fresh legs. And you could say the same for Oxford. It that that that's a massive, massive curveball having them both competing already. I know it's just down to a ice availability, and it is what it is. But it's a massive, massive challenge, and and could that could be a really interesting game. I think if you're likely to see a massive blowout, it'd be then that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then 
obviously the game in the middle of the day, um, the bet, I suppose, what should really be the pinnacle of the cup uh, competition, and what everyone should aspire to get into, um, is the, uh, the Division 1 check-in uh, final. This year, um, for the first time in a few years, it's Edinburgh from the north. Um, it, to be fair, it has been Scottish team the last couple of years. And then uh, Cambridge uh, coming um, with a, a perfect record. Uh, we one of those a forfeit win um, in the south. So this could be a real interesting game uh, in, in the sense of uh, in the sense of the tie. Now, obviously, the stats are skewed because they've only got eight, uh, four teams in the south. But Cambridge looked really def- defensively responsible. Uh, only considering on average, based on recorded games, uh, a goal, well, just over a goal a game. Uh, whereas Edinburgh, eight games, 26 goals against. So I think that could be key because I think it might be who's better defensively on the day. Um, uh, you, we know what we've got goaltending wise with Edinburgh. Um, we've got an international, this year's international all star goalie, one of them, and Cambridge's goalie. So I, I'm actually really looking forward to that game and I'm looking forward to calling that game. What's your thoughts on that one? As you said, I like what you said. This is the one that we probably look forward to the most. I love nationals and everything like that, but it's about the, the cups, the bread and butter to some extent and seeing the pinnacle of that and seeing what obviously the best, that, uh, the best of what's gone on this season. And I know obviously the Eagles, I don't think we need to talk about too much. It's a subject that we both know well, you know a considerable amount more than me, but we're both educated on. But I've been impressed with Cambridge. I think they've quietly gone about their business this year. And again, you talk about group of death. I think realistically, you would you would you would look at the the Division One that the Eagles have won, and and look at the teams in there and think mm, there's there's some kind of penciled in Ws, isn't there? Really, whereas you do look at that. Uh, well, you say at the start of the year, we said Eagles Eagles and St. Andrews would be one of the two with Sheffield or Nottingham potentially sticking their hat in the ring to contest. But then you look at the South and year on year, could be London, could be Oxford, could be uh, could be Cambridge. And, and this year it turns out it's Cambridge. I know there's obviously a big turnover in uh, in import players and foreign students and things like that, which makes a hell of a difference and, and looks like it's Cambridge's year. But that's some competitive hockey down there. And we know of obviously some players on the Oxford team. We know some players on the, um, on the London team. And the other thing is you'd throw the Red Hawks in there, bar, bar Dave, they've got a solid, uh, solid outfit there. And, and I would say, arguably you put Cardiff in the North and I think they'd be up there competing for that third spot. And they play in a really hard division and credit to them. And, um, I think this could be close. I think this one, this one's got the making of a of a, a, a tight affair, as you say. I think if if the teams are going to knuckle up defensively, I think this has got two one one nil written all over it. Like as much as I'd love to see uh, ten ten nine, you know, and we know the quality of this goaltending, we're not going to see that. And if we do, something's gone drastically wrong. Um, just, just so you know, um, for commentary, I've, I've nicknamed uh, Berkey the bel- the bondsman because he spends a lot of his time uh, bailing them out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So, and then we'll go on and now go back into power rankings for tier two. 
uh, nationals and uh, only eight teams in tier two nationals. Um, quite a short group. Of course, this will be the first check-in nationals of the uh, of the month. Um, and uh, the Sheffield Bears uh, carrot team, I mean C team. Um, this, I put this team will uh, prop up the table and maybe the bar. Uh, they're not been great, uh, but they're feisty, is what I can see. And maybe it's unearned, but they're full of they're full of confidence. Yeah, they, this is a dangerous team in terms of that they, they are they are literally quite dangerous. Um, the kitchen sink, obviously, is often described as for um, Division Two in terms of you'll get anything thrown at you. Um, and I think that does describe Sheffield, but in the same way, they do have some talented players in there. Like they could cause some damage and be a sticky team. Um, I know obviously they're in there with Birmingham and with Leeds and with uh, Newcastle, but Sheffield could still pick up a result in there somewhere. I think that if it was a shorter format, the shorter the format, I think the more chance they stand. I'm guessing there might have been. I'm not sure how exact. How long are the games in Tier Two, Rambo? Uh, twenty something minutes. I think maybe twenty six or twenty eight. The only the only thing you'd say is Sheffield always have decent goaltending, so a goalie can win you some points, and and that would be the only hope I'd say for the Bears. Seat. Yeah, and um, of course the the game. I think did they all upset you guys earlier in the season? Yeah, we well we did have most of the B team and a rookie goalie playing, but anyway. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not being critical, I'm just saying that they, they have no, got what, they've got the ability no, to win. They do have the capacity on their day as as they could do anything. Yeah. Um and then uh, this this is a largely northern um uh, uh, tier because there's only two uh, uh, entries that from the south in it and uh, not a Mavericks B um as I've said, let's be honest, our toes have frostbite. Um, and this team uh, have an early bus home to catch. Um, they, after Sheffield Bears see really, uh, they haven't been particularly great. I know they finished fourth and not fifth. We'll come to why I've, I've put that there and uh, why these teams are the opposite way around. But, I mean, you played the Mavs. What would what, what the Mavs be like again? It's like one of these teams that can turn it on at nationals. They can find a couple of extra players that find their way into the B team and that maybe have played a couple of times for the A team. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Mavs B team? My initial thoughts were I was I would have preferred not to have played them for that exact reason that you don't know exactly what you're going to get on paper. The Nottingham Mavs B team that played during the during the cup season is more than likely going to be very different to the one that played during the uh, the regular season. I this could flip around any any way direction or any kind of twist and turn. The Mavs are a tricky team. You look at the you look at their performances this year, four one and five. But then, realistically, and sorry to bring it up, you you got to look at the Springer Hughes effect in there. So you just have to see how that all kind of works itself out. But they're a dangerous team, put it that way. Like tricky, tricky team. Yeah, and then at number six, I put the uh, the Newcastle Wildcats, um, and, and they did finish below Nottingham in the in the cup. But the, the reason that they've come in is they maybe got a little bit of momentum because they uh, they did finish strongly, and I, I think they they took a victory from from your good selves. Uh, maybe just a lucky one, but I think they've got to be coming in with some kind of momentum in, in the power rankings. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, towards the end of the cup season, they got on a good run. They they beat ourselves. I know they beat a couple of the other teams. Probably were quite lucky that they had probably some of the harder fixtures at the back end, uh, at the start of the season anyway, and and benefited from some. I think the one thing with Newcastle is they they blooded a lot of new players into Division Two this year, and as you'll know from experience, when you first start playing Czech and hockey, the beginning is brutal. But once you get over that initial kind of stages and you settle into it. How much better do you play in game 10 than you did in game one of checking? It's, it's ridiculous. And Newcastle have seen that benefit. And again, they, I know from a conversation, they might not have the strongest team this weekend in terms of numbers, but again, don't write them off. They, they've got as much potential in, in groups of four. You're looking for the top two. Could Newcastle sneak a win, sneak two wins? The goalie can stand on his head. He's done it before. He did it to us. Newcastle could easily pick up a, a second a second spot in in this and make the semi finals. Uh, to be honest, um, with it, just before we go further, doing these power rankings for tier two almost felt as much as throwing darts blindfolded as as doing tier six, where nobody's playing any cup games because because it's really small groups. It, just so much can go wrong so quickly for a team that yeah. expects to to win, and and it could lead to them. Their early exit, um, a, a surprise here or there, and in a shortened format, the, the underdog gets a quick goal and then basically parks the bus. Um, you know, we've seen it with the likes of, likes of Sheffield be in some respects. The, 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 if a team's going up to give up their body to block shots, and they potentially um, will uh, will do really really well by getting a, getting an early lead and then just get in front of everything. Um, so, uh, I think uh, we could we could see anything happen. I would say there's, there's a strong chance you're going to look. The group leader is going to go in with three wins. The second place, you've got to be looking at a two and one record to get there. Obviously, draw like if if there's any draws in tier two, that completely and utterly seismic shift to the structure of the group in terms of if there's a draw between any of these teams, that opens the window for anyone. Yeah, yeah. And um, in number five in the power rankings, we've got the Northumbria Kings, kings of the general northeast. Uh, <laughs> used to be just kings of the north, but obviously the times they are are changing a little bit, Nick, with the likes of Leeds, uh, Sheffield Bears B being strong, um, and even even to an extent the Wildcats um, being uh, strong this year as well. So uh, you guys don't don't come in as, as heavy favourites for the semi. I think you, you've accepted that that's a fair assessment. Yep, I agree, 100%. We do have players with the experience that could get you over the edge. So, um, yeah, I think realistically we're coming into this and looking at the group and thinking, as I said there, I'm, I'm targeting if we can get two and one, that's probably a semi-final position. You'd expect so. Um, where those two come from, not entirely sure. I think it'll be three tough games. I know we've got two games on the uh, Saturday and one on the Sunday. I know we were not haven't got a very large bench, but I know we've got quality rather than quantity. And as you've seen before, Birmingham Lions circa last year, it makes a difference. And if we can get a good bit of a good run going, I don't see why we can't cause any problems. But in the same way, I'm very realistic about how this season's gone and what this team's currently in transition from 
uh, a team where we had a regular um, a regular cast of characters that you could probably could name over the last three or four years on that A team. It's transitioning round, and we're seeing some names come through. You can look at the players in the tier three team basically, and they'll be the guys playing to, uh, tier two next year. And it's a transition point, so I equally accept the ranking. And if we don't make the semi-finals, it wasn't to be. And then uh, Sheffield Bears B coming in at, um, at four. We've obviously made a carrot stroke because uh, there's only there's so much you can say pun wise about Bears. Um, but keeping Carrot as a C teamer was obviously done the right, was done wonders for them. But in terms of the the Bears B, they've uh, they've been pretty decent this season. Bested uh, in large your divisions been pretty tight and unpredictable. Apart from a team we'll talk about later. And um, what can you tell us about the Bears B? They are an absolute banana skin waiting to happen for anyone. In terms of, I would I would look at the Bears B and. If I was drawing them in, so if you looked at the, for instance, group two and you said that Imperial were going to get through as the group winners and it was either ourselves or Sheffield or Nottingham in that number two spot. If you were someone like Leeds, for instance, on the other side, you would not be wanting to play Sheffield Bears as the runners up of the second group because they are tricky. And this is my word of warning. I know he does listen in. Gus. Do not underestimate the Sheffield Bears B. There, that is a team with quality and depth is the most impressive thing. When we played them, we played them previously and kind of they've always had a, a good line. And then after that, it maybe tails off and you can maybe pick them off. This year, it was a relentless kind of they came at you in waves. I know they came up to Whitley with not their full team, which made a difference. And we came away with the result. I know we went down there without a full team. But if the Bears are fully stocked and fully ready and out of hibernation. They could be an outside bet to win this. Put it that way. Yeah, and then uh, Birmingham Lions, the the, uh, the Lions pushed hard for the title in the Cup. Came up just short um, right at the end of the season against Imperial. Basically, I think the Imperial and them have a similar, if not same, record, but it was a goal difference thing. Um, and Imperial uh, went out. So, I think... Birmingham Lions are a team for me that have got semis written all over them. Um, uh, and, and if, you know, they're going to have a lot of support there. We know that from this past weekend, just how much support the Birmingham Lions have for each other. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the Lions' chances? We, we know what they did last year with just five. I think they've got a chance to, to maybe go further with, with maybe a decent roster. I think they're probably going to come in with a bit of a chip in the shoulder that obviously they missed out on a playoff game on things that weren't really fully in their control. Because at the end of the day, in a, in a league season, no one really, until it gets to the nitty gritty, really concerns themselves about the goal difference, do they massively? Uh, it's one of those things, I think Birmingham, again, going to be an incredibly tricky team to play. And I think you'd look at Birmingham outside of Leeds in that second group in terms of if you were Imperial and you did win through in Group B and had to play Birmingham, that's a tough one. That's that's where that flips around in terms of that's where a second-seeded Birmingham in Group A could cause massive problems because they're, they're a huge challenge. And I think to some extent, wouldn't it be nice to see that Imperial-Birmingham matchup again and and see really see if they can win out between them who's the who's the real winner? Yeah, and then and then as we've mentioned them already, um, Pino Devils... Uh, 
they finally got to the promised land in Division 2. They finally, um, in our perspective, how many seasons between the two of us, even before doing the pod, have we said, you know, I think Imperial have got a chance here of, of getting themselves in a position to maybe move up into Division 1. Um, yeah. And, and then sort of right the depth, there's been a sort of freak result or or whatever, and they've, they've ended up missing out. And whether it be Birmingham or Cardiff in the past have, have maybe benefited from that. Um, the only thing for them, though, is they've lost in terms of playing um, their, their talisman and their leader, um, old man Gus Zimmerman, to lower body injury. And I still think they've got plenty of talent. I think that galvanise them to find an extra gear. You, you look at the body of work that we know that Gus does for that team and everything that he does for them. I think that will galvanise them to find an extra gear. How many times have we looked at that team, as you've said? I'd love to see the sit down and see the stats in terms of not only Imperial in terms of the A team in Division 2, but all the Imperial teams are always competitive. They're always in the in the hat and in the dance at the end of it, whether it's making semi-finals, finals or winning tournaments. And again, this Imperial team, they are a dangerous team. Like, um, I'm quite glad to some extent that we play them on the Sunday so I can get a good look at them on the Saturday compared to obviously the two opponents we've got on the Saturday that I'll uh, be seeing blind to some extent in terms of won't be too blind because we've already played them. But Imperial, I'm glad I get two games to have a good look at them and try and work out what's going on. But in terms of outside of that, they're a good team. Like We've always said they might not have the greatest numbers, but they certainly have talent, which is a massive, massive thing at this level. And as as I heard over the course of the weekend, they've obviously got international all-star big Ben Leakey, who's an absolute monster um, in terms of physicality and and, uh, and skill. And they, and they've also got GB, and I I'm not sure he's going to be there, but GBU international Andreas Sigaris. If both of them are clicking. Um, <laughs> Buyer, wow. it's definitely buyer beware uh, in in that division. So, um, you know, I think you know as much as we've got this next team ranked number one uh, because of how dominant they've been this season. I wouldn't be surprised if they did get turned over uh, before all is said and done. So, anyway, getting to number one, uh, Leeds Griffins. Um, now, I understand this guy's not here, but I've mentioned him anyway, and their hockey game is almost as strong as. Uh, Michael Cannon's moustache game, almost. Uh, but we understand he's not going to be attending. Yeah, I've heard it on the rumour mill, in which case we all know what the rumour mill is full of. Um, we'll see. Whether he's there or not, though, this is a good team. They were a cut above everyone else in the north. Not even close. Like I would love to see. I don't even think anyone got anywhere near, near them. And they proved that Whilst they may have had trouble and strife in Division 1, they managed to sustain a competitive team and not just be that kind of one-generational good good input and good uh, good development. They've come through, going back to Division 1 again next year, hopefully, I think for their sake, they're going to hope they can go back and compete a little bit more than they did last time. But they're a good, good team. They were solid front to back. I know probably the closest game was, I think we gave them a, I think we lost 3-1 at home to them, got routed down in Leeds, but they, even without Mr. Cannon and that moustache, they're a good 
team. So yeah, the, the only thing he's lost will do is I mean, look at the stats here. They've got eighty-four goals this season. Um, he scored twenty-two of them. Josh Herter has scored twenty-six. So you take away you take away Michael Cannon, and that's the man. Yeah, it's lost a quarter of the goals, but. I still don't think that, you know, you can always relay that. There's other guys there. Um, you need people to hold the puck and hold the puck up um, and, and defend. So they, they, you can't just rely on, on people scoring all the time. And they've been good defensively, so I really can't look past them with a perfect record coming in. And maybe just coming down from that little bit of Tier 1 experience um, will pay wonders. Uh, having played steeples in goal all year as well. Uh, and having him will, will, will do wonders. So, um, yeah, Leeds, Leeds are our number one team. And I, I think, Nick, um, we're not going to bother with any any other uh, fancy stuff for the rest of No, join us for the live stream at the weekend if you want to hear from us again. Yeah, we're going to have, uh, we will do some more stating the obvious on the live stream uh, over the course of the weekend. Um, but next up uh, on your hockey calendar, the Wookiee game. Um, Though this pod might be out after that, <laughs> and and uh, and then we've got our nationals, so we'll join you then, folks. Uh, good night or good yeah. day, um, and that's a good night from Nick as well, I think. Yep. Yeah. Good night, guys. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Bye.